Welcome to Chewing the Fruit. I'm Jules. And I'm Bex. Join us every other Sunday for rants, pants, and all things big girl pants. Bex, how are you? Yeah, good, good. In fact, yeah, fabulous today. Um, how are you? I'm excellent. I've had a really good day. I taught an in-person Pilates class last night and it was buzzing. And yeah, I'm just literally full of the joys of life today. Not even sarcastic. No, I'm the same. And I love this time of year. So, you know, everybody battling with sad. That is not me. Love oh, it. I actually bought a sad lamp. You know the one that like... Oh, the lighty one. The one that gives you vitamin whatever. I don't... I don't know if it's a placebo. I think it helps. Don't know if it really does, but I mean, it makes the room nice. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I, I like it on, so we'll right. go with it. Placebo, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, so today, we're going to talk about a couple of things, aren't we? Weight on scales in terms of what that number means, the physiology, so people can actually get to grips with the difference between fat loss and weight loss and then we're gonna dive in a little bit on slimming clubs aren't we and not bashing slimming clubs that's not what we're about and um, just talking kind of about the pros and cons really um so firstly do you weigh yourself do you know what you weigh um i do now and again but it's one of those things and this is what i tell clients whatever measure of progress that you're using has to be meaningful to you and I have spent years disassociating my progress, value, worth, everything about myself from the number on the scales. And now it literally is just a measure, just a number. So it doesn't hold the same meaning for me as it did. So that's why I can be a bit random with yeah. it because it doesn't affect me anymore. But years ago, it literally, if I even seen a tenth of a pound different from the number I wanted to see, whole day was ruined. And everybody I encountered day was ruined because of it. So that's why I did so much work on changing my mindset around it. So I do, now and again, use the skills. Do you? Um, I weigh myself now and again. I know what I weigh, but I can honestly say I'm not emotionally impacted by it at all. So for me, you know, it's not a positive or a negative, really. Um. I'm a data person, I'm a geek, so I quite like it for things like just to sort of laugh about in a way where I might do a post about it. So, for instance, like when I went on holiday, we had a chat at the time, didn't we? I came back and said, like, fucking hell, I've put on four kilos in a week. That's good effort, good going. Now, somebody else might have a total meltdown at that, mightn't they? But I was, like, doing it so my clients could see, and then within about 10 days it had all gone and I was just back to the way it had been before my holiday. So for me, it is literally just sort of like non-emotive data collection. But for the majority, if not all of my clients, when they start working with me, it's a big deal. And it takes us a long time to kind of unpick the reasons why it's a big deal, why it can impact emotions. But I think it helps a lot when you fully understand from just, like I say, like a physiological, scientific perspective of what that number means, why it changes, and then you can sort of prepare yourself for that, can't you? Because you understand what's happening. Yeah, so now I can look at it, and if it's two or three pounds heavier than I expected it to be, I can think, oh, 
that's not really accurate because of all of these reasons we're going to discuss. Whereas years ago, if I'd have got on, it was two or three pounds heavier than I expected. I'd be like, what have I done wrong? What is it I need to change? I'm failing at this. Whereas now I'd be like, ah, oh, had that Chinese last night. Chinese is really salty, like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's not a true reflection. And I can now, I can work like that and be like, oh, that's that's not accurate. But years ago, I couldn't. And I think that's what gets people is not being able to decipher why it doesn't show you what you want it to show you. And do you think you're, where we're saying like you've sort of healed your relationship with scales and just to clarify for new people, people who don't know me, um, my background is bikini competing where you are definitely, you know, made to check in constantly with weight on scales where I was very, very emotionally connected. I had very disordered eating. Um, so I can say now as well, I've, I'm putting bloody, you know, brackets, healed my relationship with the scales. Um, but for me, it's it's that understanding. It's because I've now, you know, I've done a decade in terms of working in the industry and I understand body composition, nutrition, and you're probably the same, aren't you, that previously when you were so negatively impacted, you didn't understand the number that you were seeing. Yeah, so exactly. Because I remember going to a slimming club and I had either stayed the same or put on and the frustration was massive. And I'm like, but I have eaten X number of calories. This created a calorie deficit of 600 calories a day. Therefore, I should have lost this many pounds. And it's not like a bank balance, a simple credit and debit system. Your body is such a dynamic system that so many factors affect it. But at the time, I just didn't know all of that. And also, going to a swimming club, they don't teach you that. They only judge it by skills go down good, skills go up bad. Yeah, because I was going to say, listening to you then, I would guess that when you were going to swimming clubs, you didn't actually know what you've just said, where you were like, I've been in a calorie deficit. I bet you didn't know you'd been in a calorie deficit because they don't teach you what a calorie deficit is. Yeah, because everything's all very jargon based and it's so that you've got to stay in their system Mm. whereas you and I would teach people just the science of nutrition here's how it works so that actually we're educating people and we would hope that our clients then one day can go on to live happy healthy lives Mm. without us and that's when our clients leave and they're like I'm thinking about leaving because I'm doing really well and I understand all this and I'm really happy and they kick, they're a wee bit apologetic about leaving. And I'm like, this is the goal. My goal is to get you to a place that you can live a happy, healthy life, fully educated, without me there to support you. Whereas a lot of swimming clubs are the opposite way to that. That's why their systems are all jargon-based and they've got a specific like numerical points type system. So that you've got to stay in their system in order to continue. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about swimming clubs then, because... A slimming club is a method for creating a calorie deficit. Mm. The same as keto is a method, a shake diet is a method, tracking calories is a method. Whether you believe me or not, a slimming club is a way of creating a calorie deficit. Anything that results in fat loss is a calorie deficit. It's just wrapped up. And I'm saying that because sometimes somebody might comment on my post saying like, 
um, well, this type of diet like didn't work for me. And I'm like, no, it did. If you've ever been on a diet that resulted in fat loss, you have been in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. But the Slimming Club, like you said, jargon and the fact we never really talk about energy balance, nutrition, means that people don't understand that that is what they are actually doing week in, week out. They're creating a calorie deficit by choosing whatever it is, the sins point, whatever. That's what they're doing. Um, so in terms of Slimming Clubs, I think it's important to explain that it's not all just anti like bashing it a lot of fitness professionals you'll see what you're saying like something world shit because of blah 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 and i actually did a reel this week i've not posted it yet calling like saying is slimming club a hit or a bit shit um and i found three positives and three negatives for it so for me in terms of negatives i was thinking well One, it's that lack of education and understanding. So information, knowledge is power in order for you to take full control of your own health, body composition, whatever it is. We make decisions in our life based on information and data. Slimming clubs don't give us that. So like you said, as soon as that's done, you know, you're buzzing, you've reached your targets, you leave the slimming club, it starts to go a bit wrong because you don't know how to navigate outside of there because you don't really understand how you did it. So that's kind of one of my big ones. My second one is the fact that they measure progress alone on weight on scales. Now, this pod's going to explain exactly why that is not like an accurate or reliable way of measuring progress. Um, And most women I work with are ex-slimming club members. They come to me with this really... um, conflicted confusing emotional response to weight on scales and it takes us a long time to unpick it and unpick this whole sort of bad food good food rhetoric as well um so they're kind of the negatives even a little bit deeper a darker one i've seen and i'm not saying this is everybody because i know there'll be some slimming club diehards jumping on it if i say it i have a lot of clients who come to me with disordered behaviors around food that relate to restricting in the run-up to a weigh-in and then binging after it so i'm not saying slimming world causes eating disorders but in my experience i've worked with a lot of women who i would say the slimming club has contributed to an unhealthy relationship with food yeah and it's like you say it's about it lacks empowerment and it lacks education so once you are no longer within that system, it's hard to carry on and maintain the results. So because you don't understand how they got to this point, that whatever one it was I went to years ago, and you were trying to work out the, the value of the food, and you had to phone a helpline, and they would tell you what the value number was, there wasn't any way to look at the nutritional information on the label and work out what the value was in their system. So I think it lacks empowerment. And that's one of the things we talk about a lot, that a coach can help you with so many things, but you have to take the action for the self, yourself. And that's what we put this back on clients a lot. Like, I will give you all the tools, but I need you to know how to use the tools. And I think that's one of the things it lacks, is not teaching people how to use the tools for themselves. I think also, like... A negative, in my opinion, between sort of that and having a coach who's dealing with you as like an individual person. When I think about like women who, for whatever reason, different health conditions might have um, insulin sensitivity, insulin resistance, let's say. 
And within something like Slimming World, you can obviously have like your skinny crunch bars and all things like that. So high carb, high processed foods, like high sugar foods. Now, we know that with things like managing insulin, you know, it's a really big deal in it as a health condition. So let's say you've got PCOS and you've got insulin resistance. You are going to benefit from carb choices. So choosing like low GI foods, things that manage your blood sugar levels, not just things that fit within your sins that aren't taken into account underlying health conditions. So, you know, that's a concern that I think when you just get in this generic advice from somebody who usually I would say isn't educated or qualified to talk about nutrition and food from a health perspective. So there's that as well to think about, isn't there like polycystic ovaries, perimenopause, diabetes, anybody who's having issues with insulin. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of it is just based on people following the system as opposed to having nuanced knowledge of other things that something might work for the first person in the queue, but you being the second person in the queue has a very different setup and a very different situation. And I think this is where nutrition advice very much needs to be about the individual. Yeah, but like we said, we're not bashing it. So if I put you on the spot, can you give me some positives about swimming clubs? Just to give it, we need to give like a bit of an unbiased approach to it, don't we? Yeah, so a lot of swimming clubs, especially now, very much encourage members to fill their plate full of fruit and veg and protein. And actually, I think it's Slimming World, label them as speed foods. So they're mm. giving you the impression that they will speed your weight loss because of the properties of these foods, which isn't true at all. The reason they are going to, and these air quotes again, speed your weight loss is because you're going to fill up on veg and protein, therefore you're not going to be hungry, and therefore you're going to be in a calorie deficit. So the fact that they encourage members to be really mindful and incorporate loads of veg and protein in their diet is a good thing and yeah there is a wee bit of structure to it and you know what i would always rather people were doing something and this is what really 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 annoys me when there's coaches out there on instagram i mean bashing slumming clubs and i'm like people are making an effort to try and improve their lives improve their health and you're bashing them for not understanding everything that a coach with 15 years experience understands. And I think a lot of the people that are bashing swimming clubs need to have a wee think about, actually, who are you damaging here? Who are you actually bashing here with these posts that just are really negative about swimming clubs? I think there needs to be more awareness about it. And there are things that definitely don't help people in this environment. But somebody's making an effort to improve their health and in, improve their life they've got to be applauded for that not made to feel silly for choosing their own choice yeah and i think i i appreciate this as a platform because unlike with short content we get the opportunity to you know express ourselves and i think people because of my direct approach the fact that i'm science-based evidence-based people would assume that i am anti-slimming club and would batch that it's not that yes i believe there's a better way yeah. yes i believe um, that there's a healthier way from an emotional perspective in terms of 
you know, measuring progress without using scales. Yes, I think it's empowering to have the knowledge to make choices yourself. So I do believe there's a better way. Believe you and I coach like that. Mm-hmm. However, like you say, one, it's better than nothing. Two, right. it encourages some positive behaviours and enc- encourages people to eat more nutritionally dense food, more protein. Three, they've got a great sense of community. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people that go to a lot of these swimming clubs, the community aspect of it is huge. And you know what? Putting yourself in an environment with other people who are actively trying to improve themselves and improve their health is only a good thing. Surround yourself with people on the same journey. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's very much underrated. And like you have said, I would rather people were more educated, more empowered, and the people giving the advice were better educated so that... I think, to be honest, if I was going to bash, that's what I bash, the company as such, not even the girls that are running it, because a lot of the time I think they have good intentions, but it's the company that are deliberately misinforming and keeping information out to keep you in paying in. So at the end of the day, it's a big money-making machine, isn't it? So I'd be more likely to bash that change yeah educate your consultants better educate your consultants on nutrition so that they can give science-based evidence-based advice the way we would and it's not the consultant's fault at all Mm -hmm. they are just they've got the best intentions of trying to help someone achieve their goal and live a better life but like you say it comes from the top down that there should i think there should be more education and empowerment for not just the members, but for the consultants as well. So obviously, as part of a slimming club, you get weighed weekly. Um, and as we've said when we've started this, that's not something either of us do to ourselves, to other people. I personally, if my clients have got a goal of fat loss, they weigh themselves once every four weeks with me. And uh, my kind of reason for that, there's a few um, one is because the lo- a lot of them, like I say, are ex-slimming club members, so I want to c- try and step away from constant weighing. Two, because it's not an accurate measure of progress. Um, there's tons of reasons why the scales are going to fluctuate, whether you're losing fat or not. Um, and three is to do with cycles. For women, our body moves in cycles. So if I was coaching a man and his goal was fat loss, I would probably weigh him weekly, to be honest. One, because he's less emotionally driven. Two, because his hormones are remaining balanced throughout the month. So when you're dealing with women, to me, it makes sense to weigh somebody in, say, week one of the cycle and then weigh them again in the next week one of the cycle. Because I feel like physiologically, that version of Bex is not the same version of Bex who's week three in a cycle, due on a period, inflamed, bloated, that type of thing. So that's the reason I don't weigh people weekly. So what I would I always say to people, if you cannot stand on the scales and take this as what it is, data, if standing on the scales is going to ruin your day, we just don't do it. There are so many other more accurate ways that we can measure progress that we don't need them. So don't put yourself in the situation of knowing that that's going to upset you because it might be up, it might be down. We just don't know. So don't open yourself up to that. But what I would do with clients is actually kind of the opposite of you, but sort of for the same reasons, I would get people to weigh themselves more frequently. Mm, so, to desensitise. Yeah, and then you can also see trends in it so that mm. you can see, do you know what? Every Thursday the scale goes back up. 
So you know, okay, away in on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every second week. And then you can start to see the fluctuations in the small part. But when you look at it and you zoom out from the big picture and we're looking at 10 weeks or 12 weeks or 14 weeks, although there's little daily or weekly fluctuations, overall, the number tracks down. And I look at it on a graph. But my preference for clients would be just not to do it because I just I just don't think it's like you want to know what the weather's like outside. Either look out the window or look at the weather app on your phone. You're going to get a much better picture looking out the window because that's going to tell you actually what it is. And it's a wee bit like that. Standing on the scales is the weather app on your phone. But yeah, probably kind of not far off, but actually not really that accurate. Look outside. Is it raining or is it not? See it for yourself. And I think to me, if somebody said, you know, should I be weighing myself? I would personally say, okay, so if you do everything that you intended to do this week and those scales have either stayed the same or gone up and that is going to impact your actions the following week, as in you're going to just go, fuck it, because they've gained a pound, then you shouldn't be weighing yourself at the moment until you've established an understanding of weight on scales and you've established positive habits and behaviours. Because so many women will see that number one, they think, what's the point? Because I did everything, what's the point? I've not lost weight, so I'll just go back to old ways. Or they'll absolutely sabotage and potentially binge all weekend because they've weighed on a Friday. So if I've got somebody who's sort of responding to that, to the information, I would say, let's ditch it. Let's not look at weight on scales until until you fully understand what that number means. Yeah, I think if we could get rid of the scales altogether, I think people would make better progress. Because I've never actually seen it help anyone, really. The people that just will not give up weighing themselves, I think we can find a better way for them to weigh themselves. I think there's just too many other ways to measure your progress that are more accurate, more motivating, and actually more connected to your goal. Yeah. People go, no, but my goal is weight loss. Is it, though? Or is your goal to wear a smaller size? Or is your goal to look different? Actually, nobody that I have ever trained with, his goal has genuinely been be lighter. No. No. So actually, it doesn't even, it doesn't even measure your goal. You think it does, because that previously and historically has been the only way to do it. But if your goal is to wear a smaller size clothes, well, we need to measure that with your clothes or with measurements. If your goal is to look different for your waist to be slimmer or your arms to be slimmer the scale doesn't measure that pictures measure that how you look in the mirror measures that if your goal is to feel better scales don't measure it so actually unless your goal is be lighter scales don't even do the job you're asking to do no so a quick explanation of why scales aren't the best and only measure of progress so um Basically, fat loss is linear in terms of if you are in a calorie deficit, your body will drop fat because it needs to get the energy from somewhere. If you're not giving it enough calories, it's going to utilize body fat stores, stored energy. So fat loss is linear. That's going to drop, drop, drop. Weight on scales isn't linear. So you could be losing fat, but the scales might go up. They might plateau. But as you've said, it's that zooming out, isn't it? The bigger picture. So yes, if I was losing fat from January to June, the scales will go down between the first and, you know, between the first January and June, they will. That's, you know, they're going to go down. But in between, they might be up, down, 
up, down, flattening out. So for a number of factors. So quick ones are things like, like you mentioned, if we have a Chinese on a Friday night, we might weigh two pounds heavier in the morning. There is no way we've gained two pounds worth of body fat because that would equate to around an additional 7,000 calories on top of our maintenance calories. So that would mean for your Chinese, let's say you'd sat at 9,000 calories on Friday night, right? There's, there's not a chance. But the weight on scales will be bigger, will be higher, because your body's got a lot of salt in it, so it's going to hold on to water. Maybe you've got more food just in your digestive system because you've had a big meal. When our body converts carbs into energy, it has to hold on to water with that stored energy in your muscle, in your organs. So all of this is going to add two, three pounds on scales within 24 hours. It's not body fat. Yeah, there's so many things that can affect it. Like you say, like menstrual cycle, all that makes such an impact on your inflammation levels, how much water you're storing. All of these things affect that number you see on the scales. And anybody who has ever been obsessed with the scales will tell you, they'll stand on the scales, see a number they don't like, get off and get back on again. How many times have you got off and got back on again that's been a different number? Plenty. And it's not because you have changed. Maybe your floor's uneven. Is it? Has anybody got an absolutely solid floor in their bathroom or in their kitchen or wherever they do it? No. So that's why you can get off the scales, get back on, and within, I don't know, quarter of a second, you've lost quarter of a pound. You've not lost that quarter of a pound. The scales are so inaccurate and changeable. That it's crazy, isn't it? Because you could get up in the morning, weigh yourself, have a piece of toast and a cup of coffee and be two pounds heavier by lunchtime, you clearly have not gained two pounds of body fat in half a day because you've had some toast. Like it's anyone listening to this who's scale led must hear this and understand like how ludicrous it is to think, oh, I'm two pounds heavier by lunchtime because you've had a bit of toast. It's literally the bread that's in your system, the energy we've got from the bread that we're holding on to as water. We just need to be practical about it don't we and just understand that number yeah and what happens is so say somebody gets on the scales and they're actually less than they expected to be right so they've thought about the amount of work they've put in and what they're expecting for it and they're less the reaction is always want to watch i've done better than i expected here well i must have worked harder than i thought i worked delighted with it if They've got their expectation based on the work they've done, what the scale's going to say, and they get on, and it's heavier. They don't think, oh, well, you know, win some, you lose some. Sometimes it's lower than I expect. Sometimes it's higher than I expect. They then think, I'm not being rewarded for the amount of work that I have done. You need to look at it the same way. Some days it's going to be lower than you expect. Some days it's going to be higher than you expect. And you need to look at it in a swings and roundabouts way because so many things change the scale over and above the work that you have done right so i think to round up because we could chat all day couldn't we um other ways of measuring progress outside of just that way my my favorite one is fitness like to measure how much weight you're lifting in the gym how fast your 5k is there's tons of ways to measure your fitness but that is something that isn't as changeable as the scales. Exactly. 
And, and I, I think have... you work towards that place, don't you? Mm-hmm. When you first start and you are coming at it from, I want my body to change, I want my body to change. It's really hard to focus mm-hmm. on progress in the gym. Yeah, and but I would combine a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And think about the one that matters to you. Like, I don't take um, body measurements anymore, ever. I don't even think I've got a tape measure. Because I don't care what it says. If I measure my waist and my waist is down two inches, but I look in the mirror and I don't like it, or my jeans don't fit, jeans, <laughs> I don't wear jeans, my leggings, my leggings always fit, <laughs> jeans went out with COVID, I don't <laughs> leg prisons, um, but if my clothes don't fit, like my jacket doesn't zip up, or I don't like what I see in the mirror, I don't care what the patient would say. So think of something that matters to you, like what is important to you, what ticks the box for you, and what is valuable for you. So something like clothes size, progress pictures, body measurements, your fitness, how you feel on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. Not really much to add to it. I mean, personally, I do measure with a tape measure. And for me, that's a good measure of what I'm doing. Things moving in the right direction because the scales might not be shifting. But for me, from a logical perspective, I'm like... Well, the inches are so clearly something's working, so I don't need to worry about the other things. If my goal at the time is specifically changing my body composition, um, but photographs are brilliant, and so many women don't want to take them at first because they feel shit when they sign up. Obviously, they're signing up because they usually don't like their body. So when I say take some pictures, it's like, oh fucking hell, no, I really don't want to. But it's your biggest regret when you've made that progress and you've got nothing to look back at. So many girls say to me, I can't believe I didn't take those day one pictures. That's um, so say that. Oh, when you get a couple months in, they go, oh, I wish I took those pictures at the start. And we are always like, I know. This is why you don't need to show them to anybody. Nobody ever needs to see them. Set the timer up on your phone so that you're taking them yourself. Even your other half doesn't need to see them. Yeah. But, this happens all the time with all of our clients. They make a big chunk of progress and they all say, I wish I had that picture from the start. Yeah. Well, I think we've we've done a good turn by the public here, Jules, again. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> and Jules, public service. Yeah, we'll be up for an MBE or something this time next year, won't we? I don't think we'd get invited places like that. No, probably not. Definitely not me. You'd have to tell me, wouldn't you? You'd have to send to me in the palace. We might end up with our name in the paper for different reasons. <laughs> I've loved that. And I really do hope it's helpful for people just to kind of get to grips with just understanding why it doesn't need to be your biggest measure of progress. Yeah, exactly. And if that's been helpful for you, we would love to know what else you would need help with. What do you want to hear mine and Beck's opinions on? Everybody's going to be like, we don't need any more of your opinions. But <laughs> what do you want to hear Bex and I chatting about? What would help you? What don't you understand as part of your fitness or your fat loss or your wellness journey? What kind of things do you see on social media that are conflicting you? Reach out to us on social media and let us know. Yeah. I'm also going to just add on something a little bit begging that we don't usually do. But so many women genuinely reach out to me and say, like, I love the pod. It's changed my life. People who aren't paying me aren't clients. And they talk about both of us changing mindsets. But then it's rare that people think to just click share, tell somebody else about it. So I'm like, if you're enjoying the pod, if you're getting a lot from it, 
do us a solid back. Give it a little share. Let's get more people listening. Yeah, share share the love. No, we never beg you, but you need to beg you sometimes. Exactly. Don't ask, you don't get, as my granny would say. Bex, it's been amazing chatting with you, and I will chat with you again very soon. Bye. Bye.